Shopify's already taken the cash register online, helping millions sell billions around the world. But did you know that Shopify can do the same thing at your retail store? Give your point of sale system a serious upgrade with Shopify. Shopify POS is your command center for your retail store. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify has everything that you need to sell in person. And with Shopify, you get a powerhouse selling partner that's going to effortless unite your in-person and online sales into just one source of truth. You're going to be able to track every sale across your business in one place and know exactly what's in stock. You could connect with customers inline and online. And Shopify, it's going to help you drive store traffic with plug and play tools built for marketing campaigns. So we're talking about TikTok to Instagram and beyond. Get hardware that fits your business, take payments by smartphone, transform your tablet into a point of sale system, or you can use Shopify's POS Go Mobile device for battle tested solutions. Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. I say do retail right with Shopify. Sign up for $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash headspace. That's all lowercase. So you're going to go to shopify.com slash headspace to take your retail business to the next level today. I'm going to say it one more time. Shopify.com slash headspace. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. practice 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 if you are feeling nervous about speaking out or raising a point rehearse and write out what you want to say before have you ever wished you had a wise meditation teacher on speed dial someone you can call after a long day Someone you could lean on for their advice. Someone to listen and help you to see things differently. Welcome to Dear Headspace. Hello, everyone. Here we are together again for another episode of Dear Headspace. It's a podcast where I sit down with one of our meditation teachers and we answer your questions, love, parenting, boundaries. I mean, it is funny that I said those two back to back. Any other questions that you can dream of and you can call in, we are going to answer. I'm Robin Hopkins, and today I'm with Eve. Hi, Robin. Hi, Eve. It's so nice to be in person. I know. It's so delightful, right? Yeah. Just makes it does make a difference, I think. I would like to like shout out to our production team. Like, I think the content doesn't shift. No. But from an experiential point of view, like the connection and being able 100%. to be with you guys, it's, it's so, it's so amazing. Yeah, exactly. Just to share, not only share in the experience, but talk through just how things have been going yeah. and to share ideas and just to have that physical physical communication. Water cooler talk, like all that, that those interactions that don't happen when you are working out of your bedroom. Yeah. 
or if I'm speaking in I statements when I'm working out of my bedroom. Well, when I've been working out of the, yeah, the guest bedroom too. Yeah. yeah. Oh, you have a guest bedroom. Okay. Um, <laughs> well, it's, she just had to one-up me with the guest bedroom. Um, but no, it's funny that you, it's, it's funny that you mentioned that because today's episode is all about the workplace. And, you know, I have to ask you before, before we sort of get into it, I just want to know, like, what was the worst job that you ever had and why? Okay, this is a very easy question to answer. Yeah. So growing up on the west coast of Scotland, some friends of my parents had a uh, smoke salmon fish business. Oh, no. So you can see where this is going. Yeah, It was like they had a smokehouse and every Christmas it was the busiest time because people would order boxes and hampers and things for, for the holidays. And all the local kids in the area would get summoned yeah 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 please report to the smokehouse eve please report uh, i mean it was good because it was intense work like 12 hour days really good money yeah well not really good money but for teenagers great money and it was freezing cold because they had to keep the fish frozen and it smelled of smoked fish. Did you have like Vicks in your um, oh in your nose nostrils so that I you didn't smell the clo- it? I mean, the clothing at the end we had to throw away because you just could not get that oily fish smell out. Ugh. No matter what, your skin smelled of fish, your hair smelled of fish. And you were doing it in temperatures, like freezing temperatures. Okay, but on a serious note, I mean, we we started talking about this a little bit, like at the top when we got into this, there have been so many changes in our, you know, post COVID workplace dynamics. I mean, we're working from home, we're telecommuting, and it's just, we're in these strange post-pandemic work environments, a lot of us. absolutely. And it's not all bad. I mean, there are some pros, there's some cons. So I'm curious, just like, how has it, how's the transition been for you? I'm doing a bit of a combo. So I'm half probably at home. Yeah. And then split between the studio and then coming into the office. I like a hybrid option. It's, it's, yeah, hybrid. It's not, it's a better word than combo. Well, I mean, let's not judge. I mean, yeah, it was better, but (laughs) let's not judge it. Okay. And during the pandemic, once we'd worked out how to record safely, I was going into the studio when most people were still at home. So I feel like I thankfully didn't have to stay completely at home as much as other people did. But I kind of do appreciate this hybrid model now because a lot of the work that we do involves a lot of writing. Yep. And I have to say, come into the office, you don't necessarily get quiet time because you want to be catching up with people and it's a time to have meetings. And of course, if you're in the studio, you're recording or or whatever. So I do like the hybrid. Yeah, Uh, me too. I Although I wouldn't want to be at home full time. But you know, I think one of the things that's really interesting that's come out of it is more time. You know, like I get a walk-in every morning now that I didn't, I wasn't able to get before. Yeah. Because, you know, you're commuting and showering all the time. (laughs) (laughs) Did I say that out loud? And I I do want to say one thing before we, you know, get to our questions. I'm really excited. And I know we're all really excited that Headspace is, we're brewing this partnership with MailChimp where we're looking at how we can manage our feelings and our anxieties and and take care of our mental health so that we can feel more energized and inspired at work. Because, you know, it's real. It, It does need to be addressed and looked at. 
it's amazing that they're taking such an active role and yeah. participating in this because I think if the pandemic showed us one thing very, very clearly is that, you know, our mental health is as important as our physical health, Absolutely. if not the most important thing. And there's so many research studies out there now and surveys showing, you know, obviously over the pandemic, burnout was on the rise. Yep. That leads to high attrition, low engagement, yep. rates of depression, anxiety go up. And obviously that's going to impact the bottom You're, line. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, you cannot expect that if you have a workforce who is you know, completely burnt out and running on empty, that's going to affect the work. Yeah. And so this, I mean, absenteeism in the US, I think the last number I read was, I mean, it's like in the billions. Wow, really? Yeah. I mean, someone will correct me if that's wrong, but it's significant Yeah. from days due to, yeah, obviously being sick because of stress, yep. mental health struggles, issues. And, and that doesn't even take into account like that, that like – quiet quitting absenteeism like no. that like i'm still sitting here in front of the computer but i'm not really present and doing checked the work out. yeah 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 exactly uh so it really matters yeah, yeah it really really matters yeah. yeah all right well let's just like get to the main event you know we've got some questions from our community and as i mentioned all of our questions center around the work or the workplace today which we spend 40 hours a week, if not more. It's such a big part of our lives that it makes sense that we would be talking about all these questions. Do you know, I heard another version of that. Oh, do tell, do tell. going to be quite shocking. So that equates to, over our lifetime, about 90,000 hours. Oh my God, that's Which so is a much. third of your life. See, now, Eve, I don't know that I ever needed that fact. I'm sorry. I, I just, feel I like just wanted just to be very clear my soul. with the data. <laughs> <laughs> You're data-driven today. Very like data-driven. All right. Let's get to our first question from Shannon. Hi, my name is Shannon Amara Bengali, and I'm calling from Little Rock, Arkansas. One of the questions that I have is, I'm a nurse at one of the pediatric hospitals, and I work in the OR. And sometimes it can be very stressful, as you can imagine. And I just would love some recommendations on quick, you know, seconds, maybe one to two minute acts of meditation that you can help to help ground and calm and balance yourself, regardless of what's kind of going on around you. I have not been practicing meditation long and can't really say that I get it or I'm doing well at it, but I am trying. So this is one of the areas that I would love to be able to use um, the meditation practice in. So I would love some recommendations. I greatly appreciate it. Thank you. Well, Shannon, Shut that's up. everything. Like, just, you I'm not sure trying. I get it, but I'm trying. You're showing that's, up. That's it. That's everything. That's, that's 100% it. The fact that you are intentionally wanting to take care of your mind, that is yeah. like 99.9% .9 of it. And that could hopefully then be the motivator to keep you coming back yep. and to keep practicing those techniques. And there isn't necessarily this idea of right or wrong. People think that they're failing when they meditate because they can't clear the mind. Right. And of course, yeah. if Shannon's in a really busy, hectic environment and she's juggling multiple plates, obviously don't want to put words in her mouth, but maybe that's where some of that feeling like she's failing is, is coming yeah. from. And of course, time. And I just, 
love the fact that she's saying, what can I do in the moment? Because there is so much you can do. What I love about this question is that it'll be great for Shannon, but it's also like what you were speaking to about the people working from home, like like small things that people can do that they can fit within their day in order to maintain that connection and to build the practice. Yeah. One of my meditation teachers talks about mindfulness as connecting dots in your day. You know, from when you wake up, you know, it's a dot to brushing your teeth, it's a dot to taking the dog out, whatever it is. And those are all moments in which you can apply mindfulness, practice mindfulness. And of course, in the situations where things are more habit-driven, i.e. having a shower, washing your teeth, yeah. taking, like we do those things kind of automatically. It's yeah. when we're in our day, when it's hectic, that's when it becomes much harder yeah. because of course we're distracted and we might be anxious or worried or stressed. Or, I mean, in Shannon's case, working in an OR, she literally yeah. has a human life yeah. at the end. And I imagine every single day is different for her. Yeah. Like she has no idea what she's walking into. She It could be frantic. It could be quiet. Like yeah. Those can all be stressful in different ways. And then throw in that there's understandably probably very anxious, worried parents yeah. demanding updates, rightly so, yeah. Yeah. and wanting to know what's going on. So I just want to say, Shannon, like, thank yeah. you yes. for the work that you do because, you know – you are actually saving lives. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, this is going to be like techniques or or practices. Yeah. Like, let's talk about that. Like, what can she do? Like, lay it out there for yeah. us, Eve. So there's a really great technique, which I regularly do myself, often two or three times a day, and it's a loving kindness practice. Mm-hmm. And this is where you offer really kind and friendly and supportive phrases to yourself, to other people. So for example, you could start with yourself, uh, may I take care of this patient? May I take care of myself? Mm -hmm. May I breathe when I need to? Just little reminders that it's okay to take a pause. May I be well? May I be as at ease as I'm able to be given that it's a very high stress environment. And then you can just say these under your breath. Yep. Nobody needs to know. Uh, And then a lovely opportunity to send good wishes to the patient and send good wishes to the rest of the team. So may we all take care of this patient. May we all be present. May we all be kind to each other. May we all listen. Because I'm thinking in an environment like this where things happen, Yeah, you know, emergencies can arise, mm-hmm. it's it's pretty important that everyone's engaged uh, and, and present. So I love doing that when I'm traveling, for example. I'll just offer people in the airport because everyone in the airport's kind of stressy. Yeah, I know. It, you know? Tra- travel's gotten very stressful. Yeah. Uh, another practice which can help is, is just checking in, you know, with your physical body, mm-hmm. you know, feeling your feet on the floor and then just actually very gently – going through like your feet, your calves, your thighs, and just seeing if you can let go of any tension. Yeah. So almost as if you're breathing out, you can sort of relax any tension in the calves. Yeah. And you do have to be a little bit more intentional with this, but it's amazing when you do an exercise like this where I have people saying, oh my God, I didn't know my knees were tense. (laughs) 
you know. Because you know my knees could be tense. Exactly, because you don't often pay attention to those yeah. parts of your body. You know, is your jaw clenched tight? Yeah. You know, because that can cause tension headaches and a lot of tightness in the neck and the shoulder area. And then a visualization where you perhaps just for a couple of moments, you know, visualize being somewhere which is very calming, that you enjoy, where you feel safe. And again, you're not trying to remove yourself from the present moment. Instead, you're engaging that visual part of your brain to just wish yourself well. Yeah. Uh, And so those exercises can be done on the go, in the moment, and have a lot of benefits done over a really regular basis. Yeah. And you know, I was I was thinking when you were saying all that, all the places throughout your work day, like maybe mm. when you first sit in front of your computer, you build a habit where you say, may you be well, may I be this or, you know, and then you just ritualize that stuff too. Or when you ride the elevator up where maybe you're not with anyone and you could mumble under your breath and not feel weird. <laughs> you know, like, I just think there's ways to ritualize it throughout your day. So yeah. you're building in that support rather than just triaging. Yeah, so the more I think, and this is happening more and more, which is amazing. And I'm to see the improvement over the last 10 years I've been at Headspace of organizations really making this a priority for their employees. But if you have staff who are having a burning out, who are having to take sick days because of stress, anxiety, low engagement, of course, that's not only going to make you look bad as a manager, yeah, but it will impact the overall work as we were talking about at the beginning. And yeah. so if, say, you have a weekly team meeting or smaller meetings, like can you start the session, right, we're going to start with a three-minute exercise yeah, just to have a pause, to actually take a few breaths together and to clean the slate just for a moment. yeah, Because if you're jumping from one meeting, you're carrying all of that baggage and thoughts and feelings around what happened in that meeting into the next one. Yep. And that potentially means you're not as focused, you're more distracted, you're feeling stressed because of all of the things you're being asked to do. Mm-hmm. And sometimes we just need to take a time out. Yeah. Like we say to children. Yeah. Time out. Yeah. Time out. Adults need a timeout too. We really do. Yeah. And that, I think that's the last thing that I would say to Shannon is, you know, you're working in a in a career path where you do work long hours yeah. and there's off it's incentivized to pick up extra shifts. And exactly. so like in that world, make sure you are taking time off as needed to take care of yourself because I think good stuff has to come in. Yeah. Because there's a lot that's coming at you. Yeah. Please take care of yourself and if you start to feel a little bit of burnout creeping in, listen to that. Yeah. And, yeah. and again, like you've said it at the top, but I'll echo it. Thank you so much for the all that you're doing. And thanks for uh, giving us this question. This was a really, this was a really wonderful question. Yeah, it was amazing. Thank you, Shannon. All right. So let's go to our next question from Sophia. Hi, my name's Sophia, uh, and I've just started my first job post-graduation with a company that I really like. I love what I do. I love the people I work with. I guess I'm just having a hard time like finding the courage (laughs) to speak up on things and give my input uh, and ideas in meetings. I guess I know I'm not as experienced as my colleagues uh, who have been in the industry for so many years, but I would 
I don't know, like to feel valued and like my voice matters. So yeah, I guess I'd love just any suggestions on how to cultivate more courage at work. Thank you. Well, Sophia, I love this question. And it, it's such a good question because it is a fine line, right? You Like when you come into a job, you don't want to be the person who's just like bulldozing and, and being like, my opinion matters. But yeah. you also want to feel like you are valuable and that you have things to offer. And I would want Sophia to claim her space in the world and to believe that her voice matters and that she has every right to speak into it. Yeah, I, I remember being a newbie and that's on the one hand, you're really excited because you have this new job. And Sophia, I have to say, I was so happy to hear you say that you love your job because yeah. my first job out of college definitely did not <laughs> Ditto, love. I did not love mine either. <laughs> so that's that's really special, actually. Yeah. Um, many, many people don't. So that's awesome. A lot's to work with there. But that feeling of coming in, especially if you maybe aren't naturally outspoken right. and find it easy to be confident. That's something I've definitely had to work at over the years. And so I really, I really do feel that unease and that sense of nervousness. Yeah. When you come into an, a new organization, as the new person coming in, it can feel like because you're new, everyone yeah. else has all the answers. Yeah. And yeah, in some cases, sure, that might be true. But in a lot of cases, it really might not be. And I think... Unfortunately, egos can play a role because someone may be like, well, I've been here yeah. 17 years. This is years how we do it. And, you know, uh, but someone coming in, so Sophia, coming into a new organization, you will bring a unique and fresh perspective. Just because things have been done a certain way for yeah. a, a certain period of time, it doesn't mean that it's right. And I know bringing up and making suggestions can feel very daunting. Yeah. But this literally happened the other day. I was interviewing someone for a role for our team, a recent graduate. And, you know, I've been at Headspace 10 years, so I really try and remind myself when someone comes in new or I'm interviewing someone, it's like, yes, you've been here a long time. Yes, you have a lot of institutional knowledge. But someone else may see things in a completely different light. And well, I actually definitely see things in a different in, light. Well, 100% yeah. see things yeah. in a different light. And I actually walked away from the interview having learned like a bunch of really cool yeah. things. <laughs> yeah. I was like, wow, I did not know that. <laughs> because we can be very fixed in yeah. our ideas. And so, you know, depending on the size of the company and of course the size of your team and how welcoming, that there's so many variables at, at play here. But I think there's definitely a few things that you can do to work up this feeling of courage and, and confidence a mentor said to me once, practice, practice, practice. Yeah. If you are feeling nervous about speaking out or raising a point, rehearse and write out what you want to say before. Yeah. Of course, don't just then go and blurt out <laughs> in a meeting. I've got things to say. <laughs> you know, timing is obviously is important, but maybe start in a smaller environment. Is there a smaller team meeting or perhaps discuss with your manager or your boss? Like, what are some ways that I can be impactful with the team? Uh, and so asking questions is really important. So mindful listening. Uh, and again, being mindful of and attentive to 
not just asking a question to ask a question. Yes. Because that definitely can happen when we're nervous. We just want to say something and it's kind of off topic. And I've definitely been there. And everyone's like... Or repeating or rehashing what someone else said. Exactly. And they're like, what? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It's just that that, that moment, the awkward moment where they look around like... Okay, okay, okay thank moving you. on. Thank you <laughs> for that, whatever that was. Thank you. So, you know, start small, perhaps have a discussion with, with your manager or someone that you get on really well with, that you trust, maybe get a sense of the different characters in the team, like just really being a mindful observer because when we want to make an impact and we want to have our voice heard, often that can override us being aware and attentive. Yeah. Because we've got this like very focused, goal-orientated thing that we want to do and don't necessarily consider the timing or mm-hmm. is this the right moment to to bring this up? Uh, and so looking for, for moments in smaller groups where you can feel you can build some relationships up yeah, uh, and also just practice speaking out and, yeah. and getting comfortable with that. That's fantastic. Because I do think that one of the things that we're talking about here is imposter syndrome. And, you know, remember that you were hired for a particular reason. Yes. There was something about you that they saw, they saw in you, they saw your skill set, mm-hmm. they saw your future, and they brought you in. So remember that and get back to that level of confidence of, oh, yeah, they, they brought me in. And, yeah. and I, I think adding on to your observer um, point – Look for people who have what you want. Like, I like how that person was in that meeting. Yeah. They, they listened, but when they spoke, they gave great information. And look for mentors. You don't yeah. have to tell them they're, you, you know, if you're, if you're uncomfortable, you don't have to be like, I'd like you to be a mentor. It doesn't have to be formal. Yeah. It can just be, you know, could we grab lunch? And then, well, how did you get to where you are? And just learn everything you can. And I think that yeah. that helps build that confidence to that's, speak. Yeah, that's actually a really good thing good suggestion in terms of making relationships Mm -hmm. so whether it is if you're in person in the office can you set up some some lunch breaks or even just rather than doing a meeting can you take a walk outside yeah uh, and just investing some time and getting to know folks and I know that's not necessarily always as easy because you have different personalities mm-hmm. and if people are busy it's but, scary and it's it is it's really like asking scary. someone out on a date exactly you like to get lunch i know <laughs> and i and to anyone listening who's not in the new b situation just remember you were once yes and so anyone that is new is going to feel na- naturally will feel nervous there will probably be an element of imposter syndrome and i i love that you brought that up because they are paying you to work at the company, yeah. not the other way around. Like you didn't have to twist their arm. They hired you for a reason and and just reminding yourself of that. And and listen to what Eve said to Shannon. Use the stop practice yeah. before meetings. Exactly. In yeah. the hallway, in the elevator. Like do all those Why short-term things. I don't know because I felt like I'm stealing for <laughs> Shannon, for Sophia, and it got weird. You can you can shout about it. <laughs> Nobody wants me to shout. I did like it's like it's fine. Let's not. <laughs> but that that's actually I'm glad you brought that out because yeah. these are techniques not just for the OR for any any situation. Yeah. And often before I say a, giving a talk or doing any form of anything like this, I'll maybe take myself outside or in the car before I walk in, and I'll just like we did a meditation yeah. before we started. Yeah. What was it? Two minutes. Yeah. 
everyone has two minutes. That can really help to calm the nervous system. Yeah. Because when we're anxious, we're not thinking clearly, um, we may forget what we need to say. Yeah. And then that in itself just leads you having a vulnerability hangover. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God, I just had that little feeling of just like that meeting where you think you're going to say something, you stop. Yeah. It's like we we all know it. It's scary. Yeah. Um, but Sophia, you got this. You got this. You have got this. And you love your job. I love. Sophia's going to be our boss in like you six love months. your job. Yeah. <laughs> I love my job now, but I it took me a long time, many years of not loving jobs. You did not love the fish job. I did not love the fish job. Yeah. Dark. They were dark days. All right. <laughs> Let's move on to our next question. Hi there. So my name is Ruth. And I'm calling from Dakar, Senegal. I'm currently working with a large international organization for about two years. And I feel like I'm learning and growing a lot. But also at the same time, I'm struggling a lot. And I think I'm getting angrier at the bureaucracy and at some people who are rooted deep in that bureaucracy. And I, I was just wondering whether you can help me identify whether I'm just growing uh, through struggle or whether I'm burning out because I'm now at a crossroad where I need to decide whether I want to stay with this organization or I want to move on. Any advice be most welcome. Thank you. Oh, Ro, thank you for this question. I I love that this question is coming next because you alluded to it in the last question about like, I mean, Headspace is a delightful company where everyone's very mindful and mm-hmm. there's all these things, but not every company is like that. There are many companies where there's bureaucracy, a lot of unhappy people, mm-hmm. and that may be where your job is. Yeah, 100%. And listening to your question, Roth, you know, when we are taken out of our comfort zone, and we're learning and growing, that can feel very uncomfortable. Yeah. Like it definitely won't feel easy. Obviously don't know your situation in depth, but it could be a bit of both. I was just going to say that. There's a, like a lot going on in this question. It's like, yeah. like you can be growing and uncomfortable and it might not be the right fit for you at the same time. Exactly. Yeah. And if you're feeling like there might be a little bit of burnout, there possibly probably is. Yeah. Uh, But I'm hoping that it's at a point where it's becoming, it's just becoming a thing and you're not like so far down. Too too far past it. That you need to take, you know, a month off work or, or whatever. And so, you know, the thing with burnout is I was reading the other day, the World Health Organization officially declared burnout as a workplace syndrome. Oh. And now the term burnout's been around, I think, since the 50s. I'm I'm pretty sure it's since the 50s. And we actually did a a video series with a neuroscientist called Dr. Sahar Youssef. Mm -hmm. And she did a lot of things around workplace well-being, burnout, resilience. And she described there's three ways in which you can help to manage burnout. So she describes them as taking macro breaks, Mm -hmm. meso breaks, and micro breaks. Uh, And so the macro is, can you allocate like one to two days a month time off? 
Yeah. Because often when we start to feel some burnout creeping out, we, we suddenly realize, well, when was the last time I actually took some time off? Right. But actually took time off. Because often you might take a holiday or vacation, but be on your email. Or and, doing doctor's appointments and all that Well, exactly. Stuff, yeah. Or caring for a sick parent yeah. or, or whatever it is. Or, you know, so can you prioritize yourself for a day, a couple of days a month? The meso break was, uh, I think she talked about that as around about half a day uh, a week, mm-hmm. uh, where, sure, you may have to still be a little bit available, but can you say on a Friday afternoon where it's no meetings yeah, uh, and start to just scale back and help you wind down before the weekend so that you're not taking the whole week with you. And then the micro is is looking for those little micro breaks like we were talking yeah, about earlier. Yeah, yeah in your day? Is that a five minute, 10 minute, 20 minute walk outside? Can you actually stop and have lunch? Yeah. Because the thing with burnout is the signs that you're potentially burning out might be some cynicism, negativity, feeling complete emotional overwhelm, not being able to feel like you can manage and cope with your workload. And of course, in an environment where there is a lot of hoops and a lot of bureaucracy that can build up over time. So if you're starting to sense that you're really dreading going to work Mm -hmm. and that anyone, anytime anyone says anything, you're feeling very negative or uh, critical Mm -hmm. or just generally feeling quite cynical, that is a definite indicator that some burnout is is present. Yeah. Yeah. It's almost like, have you ever heard that whole thing of like, when you start to feel thirsty, it means you're already dehydrated. Yeah. So it's like your first piece is, was so important. It's it's the triage. It's the, you're burned out. Let's get you back to a baseline. Mm-hmm. Because I don't know that if you're in a position where you're feeling all burned out, that you're going to be in the best mental space to be like, is this the job for me? Right. Do I want to be here? Like, I love the exercise of looking at my life and going, all right, I'm at a fork in the road. And if I stay here for a year, what does my life look like? Mm. If I leave, what does it look like? What are the pros? What are the cons? What are the things that come up for me? And like when you're rested, you can you can be in that space. Yes, because otherwise you're in possible danger of making like a rash yes. decision. Because when we're in a constant state of stress or worry or anxiety or fear, you know, that takes a huge toll on the mental but physical body as well because the body's in a constant state of of high alert. Yeah. You know, in the brain, when the stress response is activated, it means that the sort of rational, clear planning part of the brain yeah. is, is, is somewhat offline, if not all the way offline. And, and your emotions are heightened. Yeah. I also think um, it's a really good time to just pick people's brains, like take people out for coffee and be like, what do you do and how did you get there and why why do you do that and and I know for me personally that when I start like asking questions sometimes the information that comes to me that's like a negative is equally as valuable as yeah. the positive. So like maybe you and I go out to lunch and I start asking you questions about being a teacher and then I hear what your life is like and I'm like, holy cow, I do not want to do, that is so much work, you know? Um, I, or I could never be as good as Eve is at that. Like whatever yeah. it is, like that, it informs me in my next choice every bit as much as mm. me sitting down with you and you saying something, I go, oh, I want to do that. 
all information is good information to guide you to your next step. Absolutely. And I would say to Roth also, like, it's not a lateral journey or it's not a linear journey. No. It's it it's left, it's right, it's dodging, it's it's eggs, exactly. Yeah, it's it goes all back over the on place. Itself. Yeah, hundred percent. And I think sometimes the thought of having a conversation with your manager or someone can feel way more daunting and stressful yeah. than actually having the conversation. And it's so much better that you're sharing with your manager how you're feeling because the chances are if you're feeling like this, a hundred percent of other yes. people are probably feeling this way as well. But at the same time, if you're feeling in your gut, this is just not, it's not in support of my values. This is not really what I want to be doing. Listen to that. Yeah. But the only way you'll be able to do that is if you give yourself a bit of Absolutely. space Absolutely. To, to recoup. Yeah. Uh, well, good luck, Roth. And um, keep us posted and let us know how, how it's going, how it went. Yeah. Like Sophia, let us know how it goes presenting at your first yeah. <laughs> big meeting uh and Roth yeah please please do stay in touch and and also Shannon would love to know how you can apply those practices in the OR uh and and the difference it can make so. I want her to send a video of her uh doing a meditation in the elevator on her way up to work and send us a video <laughs> okay there's a job for you Shannon because you don't have enough to do I'm all the that. time giving everybody homework <laughs> Shannon's like, could, I just wanted a couple techniques, Robin. Bring it down a notch. Film yourself. Send yeah. it. <laughs> if you could light it, edit it, write the script, and then send it back to me. Thanks, Shannon. Good luck. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, as always, Eve, I mean, that was just I, – I, I thank you for all the wisdom that you just shared. I think that's going to be so helpful to everyone. And I do have to say to everyone, stay tuned over the next couple of months because, as we mentioned at the top, Headspace and MailChimp are beginning this partnership, and we're going to be bringing you easy-to-reference tools and resources that you can use in times of workplace stress. Yes. And I think what we just showed with all of these questions is that everyone is experiencing this on some level. Yes. Thankfully, there is a big light being shone on taking care and prioritizing your mental health, but it really needs to continue to shine brightly yeah. because rates of burnout, stress, anxiety, mental illnesses like depression yep. are on the increase. And as we've talked about extensively in this episode, that has a massive impact on organizations, not just from an engagement perspective, but it impacts the, the bottom line. Yeah. So we have so many resources in the Headspace app. Something that springs to mind, which I think could help a lot of people, is our Headspace Guide to Stress. Yes. Which has been beautifully created and delivered by Kesonga. Mm -hmm. uh, and of course, many, many little exercises like our SOS sessions, our mini meditations, which are perfect for just before a meeting, yep. in between a meeting, uh, even at the end of your day. I love it. All this is, is fantastic. And I just want to say thank you. I, we want to say thank you to our callers, Shannon, Sophia, and Roth, for your questions. They were just they were just wonderful. And, you know, this goes out to everyone. If you have a question and you want to ask us, just don't be shy. There's a there's a link in the show notes, or you can head to sayhi.chat slash dearheadspace, record your question. And the beauty of that, Eve, is that if we use your question, you're going to get three months of Headspace for free to check out all these wonderful courses Eve was just talking exactly. about. Exactly. And that's a really good chunk of time to get familiar yep. with the, the content and to try out the exercises and... 
recently, we launched a referral program, so you can actually Ooh. send Headspace to your friends. Oh, I love this. So that is also really cool. And as always, before we leave, we'd really like to give you an opportunity to just take in, absorb what we've just been discussing of course, we've been discussing having little breaks, having yeah. little pauses. So this is a perfect opportunity to do just that. So today we're going to leave you with the sounds of a river at night in Turnville, Wyoming. This is an opportunity to let your mind do whatever it wants to do. And till next time, stay happy, stay healthy. And be kind to yourself and each other. Dear Headspace is a Headspace Studios original podcast. It's produced by Robin Hopkins, Ash Jones, and Scott Sorensen. It's executive produced by Morgan Selzer, Sarah Cohen, Baron Farmar, and Danny Christamy. It's hosted and produced by Robin Hopkins, Kesonga Giscombe, Dora Kamau, Samantha Snowden, and Eve Lewis Prieto. Sound recording and post-production is by Dan Kroll. Music is by Scott Sorensen and Chris Merguia. And a very special thanks to Colleen Lutz. 